Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing, the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can still check out my conversation with the one and only Nancy Pearl, America's rock star librarian. That was a great conversation. What a unusual way she wrote her novel. That's still up there. Our next issue is coming out very soon. That's going to be another great conversation with Elise Hooper, local novelist. Very interesting. Uh, you can find Author Magazine at authormagazine.org.org. And, of course, we're funded by the fantastic Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You can learn more about the PNWA at pnwa.org. It's a great organization. We have monthly meetings uh, where publishing professionals talk about everything from craft to the business of publishing to occasionally I get up there and talk about fearless writing. Uh, if you can't make it to the meeting, though, the Meetings are always available online, so no matter where you are on the globe, you can tune in and listen to it. Isn't that great? Yes, it is. In this day and age, it's just wonderful. They also offer classes throughout the year if you live in the Northwest, and of course every year they do the great Pacific Northwest Writers Conference, one of the best writers conferences in the country. So check it out, pnwa.org. Speaking of writing organizations, I want to thank the fine members of the Willamette Writers Association, great Northwest Writers Organization, had me down to Portland last Tuesday. That's why I couldn't be with you, boys and girls. I was down in Portland talking to them about fearless writing, and they were ever so gracious and generous. It was a great turnout there at the old church in Portland. I had a great time. Thank you all very much if you were there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But for today's show, oh, yes, we've got memoirist Paula Peterson, uh, her her memoir, Mysterious Builder of Seattle's Landmark, Searching for My Father, tells the fascinating tale, and it is a fascinating tale, of Paula's search to uncover the truth about her father and her family's many secrets. Let's go find out about Paula herself. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, Paula, 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 let's learn a bit about you, the writer. The writer. How long, when... When do you think you were bit by the writing bug? When did that happen to you? Well, I can't say that I started in the first grade. I've always no. written um, one <laughs> yeah. thing or another, and I moved a lot as a child, and um, I read a lot, and, and I would write. Because one thing I think about writers, I think we are observers. You know, we notice yeah. people. And so I would write things about, and I would write poems, and I've always sort of written doggerel for family events, and and um, but uh, nothing very long for some years. So no, um, no. Um, now, yeah. When you were moving around, uh, you moved. You said you moved a lot as a young person, as like a child, right? right? Yes. Uh, Sometimes when people move around, uh, they become a little, uh, you know, because they are always sort of the outsider a little bit, which I think is a very natural place for a writer, right. frankly. Uh, do you think that contributed to your desire to sort of sit back and look at things because you were always new to the scene? 
Well, I think it probably did, especially as a, a small child. We lived abroad, you know, and and um, yeah. So, uh, but yes, then I, I've I've stayed long enough where I I made friends too, and then then you start maybe having a little time to follow your interests and um, yeah. So yeah. Um, and writing was but, one of those interests. And what was it about writing that interested you? Why did you like it? There's so many things to do in the world. Why waste your time with a pen and paper? Well, I li- uh, you know I like to tell stories. I mean, I think they're, yeah. they're really important. <laughs> That's what we are is is part of a story. And um, is that- and it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to do this. But um, well, I raised five children, and I was a caretaker yeah. for my father-in-law. So uh, it was on the back burner <laughs> for a while till I could really start. And. Uh, and then I did so technical all, writing for years, kind of engineering and environmental and yeah. medical. But that I felt I had to unlearn that when I started, yeah. you know, creative writing. Yes, yes, you absolutely do. And so, because I ha- I've known a great many people who have come from either uh, marketing or technical writing. Sometimes journalism this applies, though not always. Where right. to do creative writing, and I consider memoirs to be creative writing, although you aren't right. making anything up, it's still a very creative act, um, right. that you have to unlearn. So talk to me about unlearning that, because it can be a challenge. It's a very different way of thinking about language, or it's a different relationship to language, it seems to me. Doing the te- I have done some technical writing myself, uh, didn't love it, <laughs> but I did it. Uh, yeah. what, what, talk to me about unlearning that. How did that go? Well, I think that every field sort of has its own jargon, you know, and um, uh, like some of the engineering, the terms are are not not what I would use. Sometimes I I don't think they pick the simplest, most clear word, you know. They complicate no. things even. But um, yeah. But then I would I would write up these reports for them, and they would say. Um, would you mind writing this up for Washington? Because you write things in plain English and they can understand it. <laughs> so, anyway. But, yes, uh, I did feel that um, uh, this jargon, you know, you get in the habit of using it. And um, writing writing properly is just really picking the best word, which is often the easy one. So, yeah. The easy one? How, you mean the, like, well, the simplest um, one? The simplest one or um, the one that expresses it without putting in a lot of adjectives or something. You know, what was it? Um, Strunk and white avoid needless words. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's true. You you know, here's something. This is an exercise I've done with some of my students when I'm trying to um, really hit home the power of nouns and verbs is try to write a little scene with no adjectives or adverbs at all. Wow. Like yeah. all articles, nouns and verbs. It's you know, it's a little unnatural, but yeah. it makes you it makes you pay attention to cuz you know what it is about ad- adjectives, Paula, I, I realized is they're an opinion. You know, yes. an adjective is already always an opinion. That's uh, true. You know, and we can only have so many of those because I think the like the, the the reader wants to kind of make up their own mind about most stuff, I believe. <laughs> That's true. Yes. You know. Uh, well, all right. So you all right. So you toiled away uh, on um, on uh, doing technical writing, which doesn't 
you know, the, one of the things about the technical writing, of course, is it doesn't ask for you to use your imagination, really. Yes. Uh, maybe a little bit. But, you know, even if you're writing memoir, you have to, in your mind, see again something you'd lived as if it were happening, even though it's not. Right. Or right. imagine, in this case, you're kind of writing also about your father's life and having to sort of describe that for us. Again, you aren't there. But with the technical writing really doesn't, doesn't ask no. for a lot of, of, of that muscle, does it? No, and actually I wrote uh, two unpublished novels before I tried this memoir. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, t- talk to me about the difference between those novels and this memoir. Did you find one easier than the other? Well, um, well, the memoir I was I was more focused, you know. I yeah. just um, when I heard this news for a bolt from the blue, I really learned about my father late in life. I, I just actually I didn't know quite what to do with it for a while because I was finishing one of the novels. But then I I said, you know, I, I went to a writing conference. Actually, I I went to some of those. And uh, yeah. I was working on the novel, and the uh, teacher and everyone in the class said, "This is the book you must write." So the, the memoir. So. Oh, interesting. And you and you and and when they said that to you, did you was it kind of like, um, you know, it's like uh, for me when I when I I don't work with people much in terms of feedback that much. I have a little bit like right when I my editor occasionally, but. I do most mm-hmm. of it in the dark, and then I show. But usually, if there's some line that I put down, and I go, "Oh, that's fine. That's just that's there's not that's fine. That's there's nothing wrong with that." Line. And then that's the line that the editor says, "You know, you might want to go back and think." I always know. Yes, I knew that, but I wouldn't admit it to myself when I was actually writing it. When they said, "This is the book you need to write." Was there kind of yes. like a relief, like, you're right, that is what I've been wanting to write? Yes, yes, I didn't know it myself until you said it, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was kind of how, that was how it, that was how it went. That's great. And so, uh, and so, all right, now you're focused. And so I should say, we should tell you a little bit about this story. It's very unusual. You were raised by your mom and your stepfather. And yes. you had believed that your dad died very young and kind of under somewhat depressing circumstances. Although the story kept changing a little bit. Yes. Well, um, the story, you know, it's one of these things. I knew a little bit about it, but it was one of those things. I just never pursued it because I I figured I might be opening up a can of worms or something. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I, I just didn't didn't face it until I had to. <laughs> and... Um, uh, Various. He died when I was a baby, but you're right. I, I didn't know that he was a great deal older than my mother. And um, yeah, yeah he, he was a struggling young architect who who left us broke in the depression. She said when you were a baby. So <laughs> that wasn't entirely true, was it? <laughs> no. In my seventies, I learned he was one of the biggest builders in Seattle. He built the Arctic Club and the the town hall and the. Um, Roads and bridges and dams. You know, he worked on the regrades of the town, and and it, it really I learned a lot of Seattle history, and still am learning it. So, well, and that's very cool. But you know, one of the cool, interesting things about the story is why was this sort of secret, you know, kept from you? Why 
not tell the truth? You know, why not tell the truth? Which is always an interesting question, I guess, in any family. And that, to me, was, and reading it, that's what really kind of drove the story for me. Yes, why well, for one truth? thing, um, it was the Depression, and um, yeah. everybody was, you know, losing their money. And um, he still had some, um, but he lost a lot of it. And yeah. also, he was um, a great deal older than my mother, um, 42 yeah. years, in fact. And so yeah. it, it was just something she never looked back was her motto. She just left it right. behind, and he saw no reason to tell me. So, and so anyway. Talk about uh, when you found out. Uh, sort of more of the truth. Why did that strike you as something that needed to be explored? Like why, I mean, it's an interesting piece of information, but we usually, you know, learn things. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a little more uh, juicy than some people's stories, but what about it made you think this is a story that needs to be investigated? What was it about? Well, it? my mother was um, 90 and, and failing, in failing health, and I... Uh, went to visit her and and take care of her briefly. And my sister came over one day, and my mother all of a sudden says, where is the list of buildings? Hans Peterson left me. I thought, the list of buildings? What on earth is this? And um, my sister passed it off and said, oh, well, I'm, you know, the dryer man is coming to fix the dryer or something. And and I, I suddenly realized that, they knew things that I didn't, and this was my father, and they were keeping this from me. And, right. Um, and, of course, we should point out that your sister is technically your half-sister, right? So, yes, she's my half-sister. So, but, so he yeah. was – so he, this Hans Peterson was in no way a relation to her, and no direct no, relation to her. No. Right. She never met uh, the But man, then obviously. I think my parents were sort of, you know, trying to, to raise us equally and everything and, and right. bring us up sure. as sisters. But anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, it, and so, okay, so you learned this news, but why did you? Why did this have to be a story? Because you know, because it's an always interesting thing. There's some people, you know, if you could have two brothers. Like in the case, you and your sister had different different relationship to your biological father, but right. not everybody sees stories from the family in the same way. My brother, for instance, the other day or last year was talking about our cat. Our cat, Jimmy, we had growing up. I remember him. But wow. John, my brother, had some very specific memories about the cat, about things he did and didn't do, where he liked to sleep, certain fights he got into, all of which did not register as important to me at the time. But yeah. to him, they were incredibly important. So this is the nature of families, right? Everybody sort of experiences right. the same thing, but not everybody focuses in the same way. So why, yeah. hearing this, did you want it? Why did this need to be a story? Well, for Why one thing, I realized story? that, you know, um, I'd always thought that that maybe, you know, I was illegitimate or it was, he was so swept oh. under the rug that right. um, I was just always the, non, the non-real the um, non family member, you know, just uh, half a family member. Yeah. And yeah. also, my mother was always very secretive about her past too it just seemed there were a lot of lies and secrets in the family and all of a sudden i thought here's the the clue i've got to follow it and uh, did, find out about did you this. feel those secrets growing up i mean like oh you know how it is. yes you just you just yes. don't even it's like a smell in the house you don't even know what it is but it's there right that's right that's right did you identify them as secrets and lies when you were a kid or just think there was something off there was there was definitely something off, and um, 
And I, my mother, I couldn't ask her about my father. She would just pass it off. She would be very angry. And so I just assumed that he was a criminal or something like right. that. You know. You see, and, isn't that fascinating? When you yeah. don't tell the truth, when we don't That's tell right. the truth, you see what happens in the minds of our audience. They come up with their own stories. Yes, that's right. Ah, so, boy. Anyway. She thought she was doing you a favor. Well, I guess she did. Her, her, her why tell her? What is the need to know? You know. Right. Uh, right. So, anyway. Well, no. So okay. So you know, you got to tell the story, and you have to do a lot of research, obviously, to figure out who this guy is. But once you sat down and you started getting into it, into the writing of it, what was that like? Was it was it more challenging than you had anticipated? Was it? more fun than you how did it go it was as if I, I was meeting my father and getting a chance to know him you know he came really? alive for me uh, there really wasn't there was some there there wasn't that much about him in seattle i mean there were news articles and uh, right. because um well he i was born um just before his 69th birthday and he died when i was a month wow. old yeah, Holy and smokes. another thing, he had he, he and his wife of 32 years, they hadn't had any children. And so um, a kind of this was, you know, sort, sort of the last last chance for an heir. Right, and, um, right. For my, yes, so, so he did, and I found um, it, some research in Seattle and just old articles. And then I found that there was um, a Danish book had been written written about him, and so um, huh. I had a hard time finding that. But I translated that, and then um, since since for three years now, nearly I've been blogging, and you meet people all over the world blogging, and I made some yeah. um, I've made some Danish friends, and they found oh, cool. there was almost as much about him in Denmark. They found all sorts of information for me, and wow. they took a a, a um, a cruise out to see, a photographic tour to see where he was born, and so it it's just I met so many people and it's just expanded and expanded. You and see, writing this is the beauty of writing. You yes. it's like you send out it's like a, a story is like a you know the old pebble in the pond thing, and it has these ripples and it's always surprising where those ripples go and who you're going to yes. connect to through it. You know. Yes, that's right. I, I always, you know what I, I tell my students? It's that when you publish a book and then you try to market it, which is what you're doing now, you're marketing it. Uh, what you're doing is saying to the the reading world, "Here's an invitation to a conversation I'd like to have with you." In this case, yes. families and you know, but it's an invitation to a conversation, and it's always amazing when you make that offer. How many people want to have that conversation? Yes. You might think that you're the only one, but you're not. You're not at yes. all. Yes, another thing that has come up, of course, we are all a, nature, a, a nation of immigrants, but um, yes. learning about your forebears and how they came over on the transcontinent, built the railroads and, you know, came over yeah. on it, and it, it's, it's been it's wonderful. Um, Why do you like learning about that? Because I, my, I know I have relatives who, who my, my wife's relatives had to flee Eastern Europe to get here and uh, so that was, and that was relatively recent. Mine came over, God knows when, maybe the Mayflower or something. I don't know. But I don't yeah. care. I don't care about yeah. that at all. I admit, I don't. But I know a lot of people who do. So what is interesting to you about it? Well, I find 
I sort of feel that um, our DNA is passed on through, and, and some yeah. of this just migrates through the years. For instance, my mother's family, who I knew, I didn't know anything about them. They were um, Ukrainians who came to Alberta. And mm. after she had died, all of a sudden, I get this invitation to a family reunion. And I went up and met 50 cousins. I'd never even heard of them. What? <laughs> And yes, on her family, and I walked, and I brought two of the kids with me, and we walked in the house and sat down and started in, and they said, you're one of us. You all talk at once, you know. Uh, so it's a, Wow. Uh, and so uh, now here's a tricky question for you, Paula. It's tricky when you have to put your thinking cap on for this one. When you right. learned about this guy, Hans Peterson, technically your dad, but what an odd fellow. You hardly, you never, you, you had no physical memory of him, right? No. I mean, you had no childhood, right, because you were just such a – okay. So when you learned about him, did you feel like you actually – was there something you learned about yourself after having discovered him, learned his history that you didn't know before, other than the fact that you were the daughter of this guy? Was there anything about you personally that you've carried forward having learned about him? Well, when I learned um... – you know, I think the pioneer, pioneers who come over here and make it, they, they just really are very driven and work very hard. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, I feel that I felt that, and I see it in my children. In fact, my mother said one of the kids um, looked like him and seemed like they are, they are two sons are contractors. Now, there's nothing of that <laughs> that I know of. And, you know, they build houses, and <laughs> so they got those right. things from somewhere. So, um, but what about yeah, you? I, like, like, do you think about yourself any differently? Do you think about the world any differently? Having oh, yes. learned about him, how so? Well, I learned that. Um, I think we're a lot alike. I mean, I, I, I see. Oh. I'm impressed with um, what you can do if you really try hard. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. He went. He went from the age of 9 to 14, he went to school twice a week to a laborer's school. And he came wow. over here and built these bridges and dams and things. And you know, isn't that he, funny, Paula? Yeah. Look, think about all this schooling. I, mean, I, I think education is great, but your, your yeah. father barely had any. Sounds yes. like. And yet, yes. he was able to be, build these buildings that didn't just collapse in on themselves. You know, they're all right. standing, obviously. It's a funny thing. We think you have to go to these universities and study in this way, but human right. beings are so capable of learning in so many different ways, aren't they? Right, right. You know, because right. he didn't follow True. what we think of. Wow, that's fascinating. And so, all right, now here's another one for you. What was, what was the hardest part about writing this book? What was the thing that, that gave you the most agita writing this book? Well, I... I have used a pseudonym because when you write about um, your family, you have to bring in things that they might oh, not yeah. want to hear if you're telling the truth about it, and that was sure. very hard. So I, I, I see. I found that. So you, saw, you so you, well so you found that 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 the the writing about your family to be challenging, or did you find yes. um, ah yeah, and so you so you've done a bunch of pseudonyms. Um, uh, was there anything about but still they know in reading it they know who they are obviously your loved yes. ones <laughs> pseudonyms or no 
did they say to you, don't tell this story, don't drag me into it, I don't even want it, or are they supportive of it? No, um, they didn't say that because they may know, but the whole town won't know. I mean, I've discussed right. names and places and things. Right. So, um, yes, I imagine because what they say is, is um, everybody's memory is completely different. And so the way yeah. I see the past may not be the way they see the past. So no. if they can write their own book or something, but this is the way I no. saw it. So. The way you see the past is definitely different than how they see the past. It's all a story. You yes, know, that's right. It's all a story. And it's funny, yeah. but think about that. You had one story about yourself based on what you had thought your father was, and then that story just was scrapped. It's not right. a wrong story. It's one you made up. Right. It's just one you made up. Think yes. about well, how, how many really... times we make up – no, I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead. Yes, no, you're right. That's – that story, and I think um, the older you are, the more stories there are in your heart and your your head, and um, yeah. it's good to get them out and to learn more stories. It is. You want to, you know what? You want to hold the stories in your heart and in your head that actually serve you, because I think we can have some. I mean, because I think about like it's funny the story of your father that you had in your initially that you had invented to try to fill in the gaps was of a sort of, you know, he it was maybe he was a criminal, maybe you filled in some sort yes. of dark details, none of which turned out to be true. It just strikes me that I think we sometimes fill our minds with a lot of stories that do not serve us at all about ourselves Absolutely. and the people. And as I get yeah. older, I try to become a good editor of those stories and get rid of them <laughs> if they aren't helping. Yes. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, yeah. it's your life. You should fill it. Your life is like a library that should be only the yeah. stories you love, right? That's right. That's right. Keep so, the absolutely. Ones that well, so, okay, so you wrote this book. We, we don't have too much longer, but you wrote this book. Did you, were you, did you enjoy it overall, would you say? Oh, yes. Yes, I, I did. Well, uh, I mean, it, it consumed me when I was doing it. I was just, you know, driven to do it. And, uh <sighs> It's great. It's of course, a great we feeling, writers, isn't it? I mean, finding the time and the space and the quiet to do that is not always easy, but yeah. That I know. My whole focus. But it's worth it. It is, yes. Now, do you Absolutely. think, having done one, you might like to try to write another book? Yes, I might like to try it, but I'll tell you that um, <laughs> I, I'm sometimes, I'm a lot of the time having a hard time with all the technology that goes along with it. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know? Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. You can hire people to handle all that garbage, and you can just write the thing. Just write True. it if you want to. You'll have people to help you. There's lots of people dying to do that stuff. That's right. Don't know how to write. And I, don't I write. found them, and so it's wonderful. So that's great. Yes, that's great. Well, all right. So I have one more question for. Oh, before I ask you this last question, uh, if people want to learn about you, they can go to. Is it paulapeterson.com? Is that the website? Yes. Okay, and all the information about how to buy the book and where they can contact yes, you and all, all that is on Reader Blog. And so, excellent. Yes, it's excellent. on the blog. I do a, a it's a very nice blog. website. I've been there. It's very good. Thank you. Uh, okay, Paula, i got one more question for you, one more. And what I'd like you to do is finish this sentence for me. If okay. writing has taught me anything, it's taught me what? What has it taught you, Paula? Writing has taught me that people can keep right on living years even after they are gone. Oh, 
I love it. <laughs> Thank it's you. Great. It's like Faulkner said: the past isn't dead. It's not even past. I think that's he was right. right. <laughs> I think that's he's right. right. That's great. People can go on living. They do. You know, they just live yes. somewhere else than where you're used to finding them. I love that's it. That's right. Well, Paula, the best of luck to you with this uh, with this book. Uh, I hope you write another one. I hope you try again. Well, thank you so much. You are very welcome. Thank you for talking to me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, just the past. It just keeps on going. People live and live. They live in our hearts, everybody. I am going to be back next week. Yes, I will, with the lovely Gail Brandeis. Ooh, she's great. We're going to talk about her memoir, another memoirist. In the meantime, go find something you really love to do and just do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. Best thing.